Welcome, Fighting Irish Faithful, to Fighting Irish Faithful Live after dark, 9.45. We said we would start at 9.30 tonight, and instead we are doing 9.45, so I don't know what time zone that is. But anyway, uh, we are here doing a show. At, it's been very long here on February 10th. I've got uh, Red Snapper 1998 as my co-host. Now, we were going to have kind of a dual co-show, so to speak, with Five Foot Nothing Pod, but he had some personal things come up in uh, his life, so we had to uh, postpone that. We'll probably do another one next week uh, at, when he is available. But anyway, uh, this is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, everyone who is live on Twitter Space, we'll see if other people can join us you can find me on twitter at faithful underscore irish the show is on youtube spotify itunes pretty much just you know wherever you listen to your podcasts you usually can find us as well but red snapper 1998 welcome to the show co-hosts and older brother what's up how are you doing good to be back good to have a show it is, you know, it's it's been a while. You know, a lot has kind of happened, and a lot has not happened um, as far as football is concerned. Um, it's kind of that kind of off-season time. It's going to go real dark here. You know, winter, uh, Lent is coming up, things of that nature. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we wanted to do a, a one or two more shows before uh, we really go dark before the spring game. But right anyway. On. So I understand you got some new toys that you've been playing with. Yes. So, uh, so f I've had a lot of fun doing this, and um, after doing some research and some other, uh, you know, listening to other shows and listening to past shows I used to listen to, etc., um, I decided to upgrade the show. Now we're still got the training wheels on because, um, as you guys heard, as Brandon and Coach Barcesian heard. Uh, we're still figuring out some of the kinks, but I do see waveforms forming in Audacity, so we are recording something, and I have tested this. So, bottom line is we have a studio-quality microphone with an XLR connection. We have a bunch of other cables that are connected to the phone. All of that is feeding into now a Yamaha mixer, which is now going straight into the computer. Now, we're not going to stop there. Um, unless, you know, Uncle Sam screws me in taxes this year. Um, we have some money that we've been saving up for about a year because Fighting Irish Faithful House needs a new computer anyway. So we're going to bring on our first caller here. Caller. <laughs> um, but uh, unless uh, Brandon doesn't want to speak, but Brandon, uh, I'm going to bring Brandon Fry on here. and We're going to have a little... Uh, question that i'm going to say for him because uh, red snapper i think you know the answer if i asked you so brandon i'm going to invite you to speak and so you've been invited to speak here on twitter spaces here on the fighting Irish faithful show uh go ahead and hit accept or something to that effect and then there's a pink microphone in the bottom left so um if you are able to speak and join us welcome to the show How's it going tonight? Brandon, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. First uh, and foremost, uh, tell the world your Twitter handle, if you may. 
My Unless... Twitter handle is at Biff underscore 13. Biff 13. Is there any relationship to Back to the Future? <laughs> My friends started calling me that, and I had actually never seen the show, but I have since watched the show to see where it came from. Okay. So, yeah, that actually is the background. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Well, uh, Brandon, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, we have not done much preparation, unlike my quote-unquote normal shows where the spreadsheet is just bumping with new stuff. Um, since we're talking about my gear, the computer that I use to record is different from the one that has all the spreadsheets. So the pop quiz random question is, how old do you think the other computer is? Just pick a year. 2005. That is 100% correct. Congratulations. Wow. It is a Windows uh, XP machine that was brand new in 2005. I was a junior <laughs> in college That's when it was awesome. new out of the box. I think it had a gig of RAM, and we were like, and, and Windows XP booted up, and we're like, whoa, it's so fast. And, and now it's <laughs> like, I, I think I got a notification from McAfee. Is that the that has all the music that we pirated <laughs> um i don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> no <laughs> Fake Still got that. On that? no there's <laughs> no all of that that crap is gone for sure yeah no i no definitely not but uh yeah brandon thanks for uh joining us um i see dos leprechauns on there uh we're gonna try to go one at a time here i saw coach farsegian as well hang in there uh we'll try to get to everybody uh, I don't know. We don't, I don't, I mean, it is a school night per se for me. Um, the doc reminded me of that, like, oh, cause she knows that I'm going to be talking, playing with my new toys and drinking alcohol. So, oh, uh, um, we are not drinking scotch tonight. We actually went with a giant bottle of Jameson. Um, it just seemed different. And actually, cause I think Costco screwed me up because they usually have scotch, but they were, t it was just all bourbon and that's fine. I like bourbon, but that's not what powers this show. But hey, we've got all sorts of things we can talk about. Brandon, um, I'm going to let you kind of, uh, you know, kind of like names from a hat if this was uh, whose line is it anyway. Um, but uh, we've got, you know, we can talk about the spreadsheets and stats of the year. We can talk about Marcus Freeman. Uh, we could do some Brian Kelly bashing. Um, so USC <laughs> and Michigan bashing. Um, recruiting. So this would be caller potpourri is basically what it is. Sure. Yeah. Brandon, the floor is yours. Yeah. Let's start off with who we think will have a better year, Michigan or USC? Next year? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, I hope both go 0 and 12. Um, but, Agreed. But, um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I was very surprised when Lincoln Riley was hired by USC. I was kind of surprised he was leaving or Oklahoma and going out to SoCal. But then if you think about the USC job, the weather, recruits, um, the money, and the whatnot that goes with that program, it kind of makes sense. Now, with Michigan, you know, you've got, you know, all the Michigan stuff, but Michigan is coming off of a really good season. Now, I don't follow Michigan per se regarding, you know, their recruiting nor their you know, how many players are leaving. Um, yeah, I know yeah, Harbaugh was, was going to, at one point it almost looked like he was going to take the Vikings job. 
yeah, it seemed like something weird went down there. I don't know what, what was going on with that. It seemed like he had the job locked down, and then all of a sudden he's saying he's coming back and here to stay. So I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I guess it has something to do with the fact he didn't have GM player roster control because I could see him absolutely wanting that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been so sense. used in college to being, you know, the czar and controlling everything from who his players are, who his assistant coaches are. And, you know, when you get in the pros, you know, you got a GM, you got the front office, the back office and, you know, whatnot that's controlling other things. And, you know, for the people that follow more NFL than I do, I'm sure can make, you know, a better assessment on the differences and whatnot. But you know, to answer your question, Brandon, who I think is going to have a better season, um, I think my knee-jerk reaction right now is Michigan, just based off of recency bias, how well they did this past year. Um, you know, they had a, they had a decent year. They made the playoffs. It was it was kind of nice and very. I don't want to say like defeatist or negative related items, but. Look, as Notre Dame fans, we always get grief because we've gone to these big games and we've lost badly. And it was really, really nice to see Michigan get their shit beat out of them by their opponent in the playoffs. That was very nice. To see. It, it was really nice to see. You know, that was like like a late Christmas present. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm happy with that. So to answer your question, I'd say Michigan. But uh, what are your thoughts? I would say Michigan, too, but with them losing their offensive and defense coordinators, it'll be interesting to see how they go out replacing them and how much different they look from last year after that. I'm going to differ with you guys. I think SC is going to probably have the better year because the Pac-12 is weaker than the Big Ten. And I think looking at the youth that was at Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan's going to have a tough road getting back to where they were whereas sc there's nobody in the pac-12 so i think they're gonna have an easier road to stack up a better record because the pac-12 is just that weak right now and then you add the fact that yeah the coordinators are gone and everything else but i think their key leadership positions are all leaving um so i think their captain's leaving on defense for sure um but i think Ultimately, it's going to come down to not so much how Michigan or SC is. I think it's how everybody else is in their conferences in relation to them. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, um, I'm, I've pulled up some stats here. One of my favorite websites here is called CFBStats.com. That's really what you know fuels a lot of the data I use in, uh, from week to week throughout the season for this show. And Michigan had 21 passing touchdowns. Um, and average 228 passing yards, um, you know, and versus USC, we'll do a USC kind of thing. They were worse. They had, um, they were ranked 55th in the country, averaging, uh, 298. So I, I, I'm sorry, they were tied in passing touchdowns, both with 21. Um, so my bad, I, I can't read really well, but the, um, you know, they're very close to each other in the passing touchdown realm. And but if if we went to total touchdowns on the season, Michigan's going to blow them out of the water because they had a really good rushing offense. USC does add Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, so that skews it a little bit. Right. So so his performance and how that's going to translate. And I think Red Snapper's got a point with 
the Pac-12 being what it is, and you know, from a from simply a recruiting standpoint, you know, I can I can see them doing okay. Um, the only difference I'd say from like what we as Notre Dame fans would care more about would be the success of USC. Now, not that USC's success is in some weird way related to Notre Dame's success, but if we just went on recruiting, you know, Michigan was a top 10 team this past year, the ranked ninth, and USC, um, you know, is, you know, not in even the top 10. So um, according to what I'm seeing here, they're not even in the, the top 50. So, um, uh, that's something to think about, you know, with the recruiting coming in to USC versus Michigan. Um, that's really surprising. Yeah, it's, they're definitely on a different path right now. So we'll see how they compare. I mean, to put it in perspective, Boise State, Kansas State, NC State, and Washington State are all higher ranked in 247sports.com than USC. USC was 65th this year in recruiting. Jeez. So I don't I don't know what what really that means if, you know, just the bloom and has fallen off the rose on the Pac-12. Um, I've said, you know, ever since, you know, mid-season that COVID really messed with the Pac-12 and the Pac-12's decision to not have a season and start it really late in 2020. I really think that has um, contributed to the recruiting nosedive. I mean, Stanford, for crying out loud, is the highest ranked Pac-12 team at 18th this year in recruits. So that that's interesting if you think about it. Um, but Notre Dame finishes uh, this year ranked seventh in the country. And um, I think that's one of the best we've seen. Um, gosh, I mean, it's, I mean, Marcus Freeman's his first season. So, it's, hey, it's the best uh, in Marcus Freeman's uh, era, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it, things are looking good for, for us as Notre Dame fans, um, you know, um, I, I want USC and Michigan to die terrible deaths every year. Um, and it kind of burns my ass seeing Michigan in the playoffs, but it was really sweet, sweet vengeance to watch them just not even, you know, just be able to do anything against Georgia. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine if they would have won the national championship, how, how much fans would be talking yeah, I think I think we would have had a you know a Michigan hate show and you know or something to that effect, but um, we'll see here. Well, good. Um, so we're gonna move right along here. Um, Brandon, you're welcome to uh, stay on and listen, please. Um, or this will uh, all be recorded later in the podcast form. We got a few other people and a few other things we're gonna talk about, but uh, I'm not gonna kick you off. Uh, if there's anything else you want to get off your chest. Um, you know, you just want, just want to scream F Michigan and, you know, whatever, <laughs> um, you know, you're more than welcome to, um, this is kind of a PG 13 R related show. I've, I, I went back and listened ever since the end of the bowl game, I was listening to some of the old stuff and I'm like, Oh man, I went on a 
kind of a cussing rant there about you know the playoff committee. You it know, depends how many scotches you're in. Yeah, well, right now our scotch count is zero, but my Jameson count is um, more than two. I'll say that. So, for Brandon, anything else for you, sir? Nope, I think I'm good. Thank you. Oh, you know what, Brand? I have a question. Okay. Yes. Okay, so we tried really hard to meet up for the Navy game. You. My brother and I, you know, and it just it didn't work out, and that's fine. Question I have is, where were you sitting in Notre Dame Stadium? Because I've had problems with where I sit and having people give me dirty looks for standing or just yelling "Go Irish" at Notre <laughs> Dame Stadium, which is a whole other topic of discussion on this podcast. But where were you sitting during the game? Uh, my tickets. This is my first year that I had season tickets, and nice. I was in section three. So if you're looking like if you're under under the jumbotron, I'm to the right of the students. Okay. Kind of like right right above where the visitor team runs out. Oh, okay. By the skinny tunnel? Yes. How many rows back were you? Uh I think about twenty twenty five rows up from there. Brilliant. That's awesome. I think the best the best seats I had was of course when I was a student. And then at one point for the USC game in 2019, the doc and I went and we were, I'd say about that same 20 rows up from the front, but we were under the jumbotron just kind of over to the left, just slightly, not quite the corner, but just kind of left side of the end zone there. Um, But my favorite seats I ever had other than the student section was in 2012, we were at the pit game that went into three overtimes. Yep which was insane. And we were at the last row of the, the old main seats. And what was great about that is we could stand and the, the concrete wall was behind us, but then, but then the 97 expansion seats were, were above and behind us. So um, those were my favorite seats just because we could stand. We didn't have to worry about anyone, you know, whatever, but we were still in the old seats. So it was, those were my favorite seats. So I'm, I'm trying to play around with, you know, next season, if I'm if I'm fortunate to get to up to a game now that I got a baby and another stuff going on here. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always curious where people sit just so, you know, yeah, all that. Well, great. Well, thanks, Brandon, for joining us on the show at Biff underscore 13. Yep. Thank you, Brandon, for joining us, sir. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. All right. And go Irish. All right, so thank you, Brandon, for joining us. And uh, we have got Red Snapper here. Red Snapper, is there anything recruiting-wise uh, you want to touch on? Um, I know, obviously, you know we had one five-star in Jalen Sneed, um, our linebacker, and you know that's that's a huge, huge, um, you know, contribution to our team. One thing I find really interesting is we had a lot of really good um, linebackers join this crew. Anyone from Nolan Ziegler from Grand Rapids, Michigan, to uh, a guy with a really exotic name from Mission Hills that I can't say, um, or Josh Burnham also from Traverse City, Michigan, uh, and then Jalen Sneed. So lots of linebackers in the top you know, section of our, of our recruiting class. And yeah, I'm look, I'm looking at it right now. And the 
big thing that jumps off the page is he's addressing gaps in the defense. And I'll give the Navy game as an example. You know the Navy's going to run the ball. And how many times were we sitting there? I mean, I even caught a couple tells from the stands, and I was pointing them out, and I was calling plays from way up in our section. And, like, I, I think that's something, that, especially being previous defensive coordinator, now head coach Marcus Freeman, I think he's definitely going to bring back that strong, you know, almost just impenetrable run defense. And you're seeing that addressed with his – his defense but he's also looking at dbs the dbs are the i think the biggest thing because seeing the trend with college football going to passing heavy you're seeing we've got to have shut down corners and so getting in these you know four star three star five star recruits that are dbs benjamin morrison um jaden bellamy well, and then don't for, don't forget our transfer Brandon Joseph from from Northwestern, and of course Absolutely. our our last our last great, uh, you know, transfer from Northwestern is playing in the Super Bowl this Sunday, and Ben Skoranek. So the you know Brandon Joseph to the safety position is I think a huge huge win for our team, um, you know, going into next season. Um, I'm glad you brought up you know passing because so to back up this show everyone knows is powered by scotch and spreadsheets now tonight we're kind of you know going lax on the scotch and we're going with jameson instead um maybe it's an early saint patty's but saint patty's is over a a month away but my point is every year after we have a new national champion and this year it was of course georgia i always update my spreadsheet and the metric, the watermark of how we uh, produce, you know, comparison, viable comparison of Notre Dame. I want Notre Dame to be the national champion, obviously. So this is my constructive analysis to get us there. Where am I going with this? So, so what I always do is look at what are the scores? What are the stats that the national champion does? And with Georgia, it has shifted things around a little bit, but there's one stat in particular that jumped off the page and moved up huge. The most important stat is still total touchdowns. Last year, the national champion averaged a ranking of around sixth in the country. Georgia this past season was fifth. And now if you look at Georgia all the way down to 2012 Alabama and just look at those last 10 teams the national champion averaged a ranking of 4.7 in the country the worst was 2015 Alabama who was 16th in total touchdowns but now the number two most important stat used to be scoring offense is now passing touchdowns passing touchdowns has moved up to 8.5 red snapper i was surprised to see that i i think with georgia you think they're going to run the ball so i think that's a huge shift being that it was georgia who won the national title 
But then you look at the last couple champions, and you've got somebody playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday in Joe Burrow, who I think is a, a good, like you had yep. said earlier when we were talking, is a major cause for it. But you look at even Alabama, their quarterback is more pass. You know, Bryce Young is going to be flinging the ball around. You had, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence over in Clemson. So you're seeing a trend for the quarterback to pass more, kind of mirroring what's going on in the NFL. And so it doesn't surprise me that you're seeing a shift away from RTDB with the Which national. Which makes me sad. It, it, well, this is me, me with the Michael with Jordan the meme crying. You're yeah, right. <laughs> and you're welcome for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think that's where the trend is. So it doesn't surprise me that passing offense and passing touchdowns is now that important of a stat for the national champion average. Yeah, I mean, um, it really it really isn't to me either. I mean, if you just look at who wins the Heisman, every, you know, everyone always, you know, goes to quarterbacks. And, and, you know, that's fine. That's kind of historically, you know, I've never looked at, you know, Heisman trophy winners and, you know, is it running backs versus quarterbacks most likely as quarterbacks right because they touch the ball and they're the most effective with it and they can either make or break your season but last year passing touchdowns was the seventh most important stat and the average uh ranking of the national champion was 15 and a half and now it's moved up from the seventh most important stat to the number two most important stat from 15th 15 and a half to now 8.5 the national champion averages a ranking of eight and a half over the last 10 years in passing touchdowns what does this mean is notre dame needs to find good receivers good offensive linemen but a good quarterback no absolutely and so, like, I mean, Jimmy Clausen isn't on the team or anything of that nature, you know, Deshaun Kaiser, right? You know, but look, the, the quarterback that we got was Steve Angeli. Now, I haven't watched any of his, you know, recruiting. He's a four-star guy, so that's cool, you know, and I haven't looked at, you know, a relationship of who these guys are who win Heismans or win national champions and, you know, where they were in their recruiting, you know, cause that's not the whole story, right? You need a good defense. You need a good offensive line. You need a good quarterback coach, right? You need a good head coach, right? You know, if you're Nick Saban, right? So have all the talent in the world, you also need chemistry. And right. I, I mean, Jimmy Clausen was, was so amazing. I was so blessed to be a student and, and have him there while we were, while I was a student and it was so amazing to watch him turf toe and everything. But, let's face it, Weiss was a garbage coach and there were so many problems, you know, on defense to just, you know, just so many factors with those years that, you know, Jimmy Clausen, when he left, I, I really just was like, really, you know, and then Dane Christ, who was a highly rated recruit, just peed down his leg when he would play. So the numbers are not everything. Um, I do think there's other factors that come into it, but, you know, let, let's face it. You have to have a good quarterback. You know, you can't pick up someone from the practice squad. That's very, very rare. You know, you've got, you know, Bryce Young on your team, you know, you're, you're doing good who also went to your high school. So, 
No, absolutely. But let's get uh, Coach Parsegian in. Yeah. And just kind of based on the recruiting, I would say, what do you think about the quarterback situation, Coach? All right. We have invited Coach Parsegian to speak. I used to have a book. Um, actually, I think it was our brother's book. Um, I thought I had had it here, but um, it was a Coach Parsegian like s- football system. And um, it was a book that we had. Now, I don't know where it was. I used to have it in my room back in the day. I don't know where it is now. But, Coach, welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, sir. Thank you for having me on again. Are you wrapped in bubble wrap? No, I was closing up a snack I was eating. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, Doritos? See, everybody's eating. It's not just me. No, it was uh, a off-brand Cinnamon Toast Crunch, one of those late-night. Oh, go-to things nice nice i felt like a bad husband of my you know the doc was like i'm just gonna have a bowl of cheerios for dinner i'm like really like i I go to work all day and you're having cheerios for dinner you know i mean it could be worse right but like i was like okay you do you but that wasn't your dinner was it cinnamon toast crunch knockoff cinnamon toast crunch oh no we had a stir fry veggies today oh now we're talking Excellent. Well, Coach, uh, welcome back to the show. I think you're. I haven't. I haven't done the tally of uh, all the our live listener, caller, and participants on Twitter Space, but uh, Coach Parsegian, um, I think you have been a participant in every live show we had. So we really appreciate your loyalty uh, to the show. Um, so thank you. As far as recruiting goes, Coach, what what is your thought on? you know, our quarterback situation or even the defensive back situation, or we could even get a little uncomfortable and talk about wide receiver position and kind of the the emptiness on the wide receiver side of things. Quarterback-wise, I think, let's see. <clears throat> let's see how we do. I, his name escapes me, I'm sorry. Our... Buckner? Yes, Buckner. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. okay. We, we we haven't made the shirts. Now, now, sidebar. Sorry, Coach, I got to interrupt you here. So, um, the Fighting Irish Faithful show does have a store. It's on Etsy, and we are selling gear. Um, it's not for profit. I mean, okay, I make a little profit. But it's, it's not because <laughs> I want money, right? It's because I just wanted to get the show out there, right? I, I, I lost a bet to someone here on Twitter, I don't even remember who it was, but someone who lives in Ohio, and because he won, he got a free shirt. So I sent him the 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 biggest, brightest shirt I have, and if he wears it outside while doing guard work, it's free marketing for the show. But I just wanted show gear, and, you know, there you go. Um, I want to make a Tyler Buckner-related shirt. Now, I don't know how that works with name, image, and likeness. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, yes, Tyler Buckner shirt, I guarantee, will be coming in the fall. But, Coach, you were talking about quarterbacks. Continue. I would think something along the lines of pass the buck. but Oh. We have – maybe we could put that on, like, on the back. I want, I want to have Buck Wild. I, I won't go into the details because I don't want to give away the design. Um, but it's been a uh, 
the, the design on the front has been solidified in my brain. But past the buck, uh, Coach, do I have your permission to put that on the back of the shirt? Absolutely. All right, awesome. We're that, I'm I'm writing this down. Past the buck. But anyway, you were talking about quarterbacks, Coach. Continue. I think with Buckner and and even if you go with Pine, that dual threat combination, we I want to see how that works. For I mean, we can get one year out of it at least and see how we do. And if it's a complete disaster, then we can look elsewhere. So I'm not worried about quarterback. Now, are you, you advocating cannot... for like a, uh, are you, are you talking about a two quarterback system? Or are you thinking more of like a situational package deal? Like, you know, we're, situational we're gonna... package. I mean, okay. I'm not a fan of the dual threat, the two quarterback system. My, I me just, neither. Be, it puts us in a similar situation that we were in last year where, if Buckner's in, you know he's more than likely running the ball. And it puts the offense in a hole. I, worst case scenario, we if we have to, we'll run a two-quarterback system. But regardless who we go with, we've got Pine, who we clearly saw, especially in, against Wisconsin, the offense will rally around him. Same with Buckner. Defensive back, it's it's hard to replace Kyle Hamilton, but I'd say it's almost impossible to replace. There's that guy. always one key defensive back that stands out. Like you think of Zibikowski, um, Ambrose Wooden, um, guys like that just off the top of my head harrison harrison smith was one of my favorite smith safeties and who had a very very successful um nfl career um you know i i um um in the off season here i always like i love the notre dame uh i think it's the watch nd app i get on my fire stick but regardless um you can watch full live games and i watched the notre dame sun bowl at the end of the 2010 season against Miami. And I had totally forgotten how Harrison Smith had like two or three interceptions and Miami just kept throwing interception after interception down in El Paso. Um, Harrison Smith, I think, you know, was, was such a strong, you know, leader back there. And he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was fast as hell had was strong as an ox and just had an instinct for being in the right place. Speaking of, you said uh, watching the. Have you tried the uh, Fighting Irish TV? No, yeah. I have not had that one or heard that one. It's fairly new. Um, I have Roku, and it's not available for Roku, but oh. it's available for Apple. I think Fire Stick okay. has it. You can look at it and see, but it's a new app Notre Dame's come out with, and mm. it's like you have an exclusive deal with NBC, and you finally come out with your own app or platform, and it's not even available on everything. 
Oh, I'm sorry anyway, to hear that. Side sidebar. Yeah, the and I was disappointed. Like I wanted to watch, I think, some stuff from 2017 or 2014. I don't even remember what it was, and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't watch anything. <laughs> if if I, if I really, have, if, I have figured out if you look hard enough on YouTube, you can find almost anything. I, I agree that there are some uh, some, you know, there might be some, you know, track lines or something on on the recording. But, yeah, the the one if you really want to go down a, a really deep, dark hole, like like if you, like if you were a boxer, right? Like like I have a friend who who used to do amateur fighting and it was uh, Thailand kickboxing Muay Thai. And before he would fight, he would would have to mentally prepare uh, now he was very tall, very lanky, and so perfectly built. He seriously looked like Saget, the Street Fighter character. But anyway, my buddy, and his name is Jose. Jose would mentally prepare himself for a fight, like most fighters and boxers do, and he would think of all these like terrible things that he hated, and then he would channel that anger and that energy. Um, towards his opponent um and so if you ever are in that like sick state of mind where you just want to be angry at the world watch the notre dame alabama game in the bcs championship game i i was at one point i was training for a race it's on it's on my youtube channel it's actually the first video i ever uploaded and it kind of highlights you know the saga of of the race up the mountain but while I was preparing, I would run on the treadmill at an incline to prepare for, you know, my muscles for that kind of environment. Bottom line is one during one of the training sessions I did in the winter running on the treadmill, I watched that game and I ran for like an hour watching that because it was just it was depressing. But I was getting just so angry at how we just got killed in that game. But anyway, not to not to bring up some terrible things. Um, you know, we, we got a good safety transfer from Northwestern, Mr. Brandon Joseph. That is, I think, going to be huge for us. You, he'll be able to come in and contribute uh, very, very quickly. Our next uh, best uh, guy in the secondary is Jaden Mickey from Corona Centennial in, out in California, a very, very uh, well-known and good high school. Uh, he's a four-star recruit at cornerback, so that's great. And then we have uh, Jaden Bellamy, who's already enrolled at Notre Dame from uh, Bergen Catholic out in New Jersey. He's a three-star recruit. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, to bring these new guys on um, because, let's face it, the, the secondary needs to be strong. Now, Coach, I was referencing a book uh, based off of your football system, and I couldn't find it in the house. I don't think I own it anymore. I don't know. My, my parents moved a few years ago, so maybe they still have it, or who knows? Probably sold it in a garage sale, damn it. But it's it's called uh, The Aeroparsegian System, and I don't remember a whole lot from the book, but I remember when I was younger, I read the recruiting I'd say areas of importance. Surprisingly, according to this book, quarterback was the least important item for recruiting, from just a recruiting standpoint, for Aeroparsegian. 
which is interesting because I can't really name too many quarterbacks who played for Coach Varsegian other than maybe Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann, John Hewitt. Okay, Gary I take Hanratty. it back. All right, I, I take it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just <laughs> named a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, okay. My bad. All right, so, all right, yeah, that, see, that's what happens when I don't do show prep. But my, my point is um, that was not the most important thing he focused on. And I'm sure if we went back in history and we looked at their numbers compared to today, it's not even close. And, and it, clearly the game has changed to more of a pass focus, right? But mm-hmm. the number one important area of recruiting or from a position standpoint was the secondary. Cornerbacks and, and safeties were the most important position according to Coach Barsegian. I think after that was offensive line. Which is great because now we have Harry C- he stand back. So okay. I'm I'm really excited with getting Coach He stand back, um, and having him contribute. Have um, uh, who's the defensive coordinator they're looking at? Oh geez, you're you're asking me great questions here. You know I'll, I'm going to be the first to admit I have fallen off of my my uh stats and and all of that i know it's it's somebody that i think is coaching in the super bowl sunday isn't it i don't know maybe maybe red snapper knows knows this one i've heard always always irish has mentioned it but i can't remember yeah john john i i think works from home so he has the ability to while he works from home i think do more show prep and he's way more committed to his show than i am right yeah I don't know if I don't know if he has a baby or whatever, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm just making excuses now. <laughs> but no, no, I I apologize, everyone. You know, I spent more time trying to mess around with his damn mixer to ensure that it's going to record from the phone and all this other shit, and uh, instead of actually doing show prep. So <laughs> we're we're well, it's fine. I just I know. Around. I'm gonna make Supposing. a note here. In addition to passing the buck here that you're that you're giving me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you know, uh, I'm making a note here that says do more show prep. <laughs> oh, and you've seen the recent Brian Kelly dance grinding on his player's <laughs> butt video oh or whatever it was he was doing, right? I am I'm almost embarrassed that this is the same man who. Only a few months ago was our head coach. He's um, a completely different person. Uh, I, it's like, what the hell? Like, I'm I'm not gonna like, I'm I'm not gonna go where I, I was originally thinking of going. But like, this is really like, like, like we're finding you under a bridge, and you've been you know doing heroin. Like like it's like whoa, you just like totally went like completely off into left field, which makes you wonder like, was he really just like? always like this and just Notre Dame was really good at keeping that kind of under wraps and putting him out there or was is he just like having some sort of weird midlife crisis down in Baton Rouge I don't know honestly I I think it's just the guy has no cares in the world he's got a new job he's in the SEC he just got paid a boatload of money for a contract and he, it was all good with his family. So I, I don't. <laughs> no, his see family, any, family. 
well, you know, I lived in Charleston and even I developed a draw, but it still took me a year and a half to get that draw. Um, but, you did yeah. live in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> I, I, you know, those like tourism ads, you know, for, for different states. I have seen a lot for Florida lately, um, but there was one for South Carolina and it might have been, you know, Myrtle Beach or something like that. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. But I was just like, and my mouth just dropped and my heart kind of sank a little bit. And granted, we had six inches of snow outside while this was going on. But I turned to Ashley and I was just like, you know, South Carolina. And she's just like, oh, you want to move? And I'm like, eh, you know, it's tempting. You know, but nah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just loving how those of us who have been just blasting Brian Kelly since post 2012, how this just, he's not the guy we're finally vindicated. Yeah. I finally vindicated at how much of an ass clown this guy is. is. Ever since 2016 was, was really, I think 2012 at the end of 2012 was the first seat of doubt when we just were completely embarrassed and uh, I'm glad you brought up Brian Kelly because I, I there is something in, I have had in my notes uh, for actually a few weeks to to talk about with that with BK. But I think 2012, the end of 2012 was really the first seed to doubt. And for me, 2016 was really the nail in the coffin where I said we need to get rid of this fucker and we need to find someone else because he's not going to win a title. And I was convinced it was not going to happen. Um there was a brief moment in 2018 when during and it was during the playoff game where I thought it could happen. Um, and then it, it didn't happen because that was our worst yards per point we ever had against any opponent in any of those big games under BK. That was when it was three, three, right? It was when it was three, three. And <laughs> I think there was like, like a fumble on the seven and like, yeah, the, the whole thing, like, and then the call got reversed and then, you know, and that game was very, very close for, for many quarters. And then, um, but then the second half, you know, they just blew up and, and, you know, you know, we got torched there, you know, when Julian Love went out. So an- another good uh, guy in the secondary who, you know, uh, was very, very impactful to that season. But the thing I wanted to talk about regarding Brian Kelly is, okay, some people, and, and, and you hear this from people who are naysayers of Notre Dame. They'll talk about Brian Kelly um, or they'll just talk about Notre Dame. And in general, the, the, the haters, you know, they'll, they'll hate on Notre Dame. And that's fine. You know, Jesus loves them anyway. But right now we have a really good measuring stick. Now, Grant, he went to the SEC West, literally the hardest division in the hardest conference in America. But Notre Dame, I think we can agree um, prides itself on trying to be a place of excellence and be in that conversation. Let's face it. We've been to the playoffs, you know, twice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, where we played for a Fiesta Bowl uh, last season. So if Brian Kelly, I'm not saying Brian Kelly is the measuring stick, but I guarantee you all Notre Dame fans or the super fans, people listen to this pod, podcast what have you will be have one eye also on lsu on saturday we'll be like hey how's it how are they doing because they have our former coach 
I know I did that when Tyrone Willingham left. I was looking also at Kansas, even when Charlie Weiss left, right? And then, of course, they were terrible, but I think that's also a, a bad combination of Weiss and uh, uh, Kansas football in general. But Brian Kelly, if he is successful at LSU, despite his butt grinding on his recruits in the weird circular room, if he is successful at LSU, that may reveal that Notre Dame is the problem. And it might be that Notre Dame is the problem to why Notre Dame cannot eclipse, why we can't achieve greatness since, you know, 93, you know, 1988, what have you. That's a that's a theory postulate I have. Or if Brian Kelly sucks at LSU, it could you know, eliminate and clear the fog that Notre Dame is the problem. Notre Dame actually is a good place for football, good place for uh, developing players. It's 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 it, and it can it will confirm what I think all of us already agree that Notre Dame is a place of greatness where we can develop young men, um, you know, under you know the Golden Dome and all of that um, to be successful outside of football, but in real life as well but also have a good football team. So what am I getting at? Look, we're all going to be watching Notre Dame, but we will also kind of be, I mean, just look at Twitter. There's, there's Brian Kelly, you know, shenanigan tweets all over the place and grant that he's putting them himself in those situations. But if Brian Kelly is successful, he is the problem, right? Or is Notre Dame the problem, right? It depends. And I don't think like the fence has to swing one way or the other, but that was something I was thinking of because it's like, like, like look, look at recruiting. Look, look at the academic requirements. Like, like, like Texas A&M got like, like five or seven, five stars, right? It's something insane. Okay. Well, a lot of that was them paying players because of the, name and likeness right so 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 there's there's all that bullshit going on right um but but then it it makes you ask the question like okay well if if they're successful and notre dame's not right if lsu is successful and notre dame is not next season you know what does that mean now i think there's another element here with the coaching experience but we can talk about that later um but this is just kind of a theory i had that i'm not gonna say holds water i'm not gonna say it's right I'm not going to be definitive, but it's something kind of a thought experiment and for people to think about. And I know it's a little uncomfortable because if Brian Kelly is successful very quickly at LSU and Notre Dame over the next three, four seasons is kind of just floundering around and, you know, not 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 cracking into the, the upper you know top 10 or whatever, um, you know, that may be revealing about other tough questions to, to ask about our football team and and at the university. But if Brian Kelly sucks, uh, I think we can all agree. If Brian Kelly sucks at LSU, like I think he's going to, because he couldn't do anything worth a crap at Notre Dame, as far as like actually crossing the finish line. Like, okay, yes, he aggregated wins and he's going to be playing FCS teams right now that he's at LSU. But if he sucks at LSU and gets his brains beat in by Alabama, Look, it's going to be all Notre Dame fans are going to be saying, see, 
That idiot who was our head coach for all these years, he was the problem. Well, I, I actually did some research probably about a month ago just because all the bammers that I see on Facebook just constantly give me crap all the time. I looked at since 2017, I took every SEC team's overall record and their conference record. Compared to Notre Dame, which obviously Notre Dame being independent, so I said, okay, well, let's take their ACC record as far as ACC opponents since 2017. I like it. I like Notre Dame is average. They are averaging five and a half wins, a little over five and a half against the ACC. So as far as a conference record, they're third. Behind, surprise, surprise, Georgia and Alabama. You look at their overall wins for the season from 2017 to 2021, again, they're third behind Georgia and Alabama. So... All these people that talk Notre Dame couldn't compete in a conference, they would finish six in the SEC, and I'm just like, quit living in your bammer jammer, yellow hammer mindset, and just do the research. And of course, one person tried to throw stats at me because I was trash talking Tennessee oh, gosh, and posted Tennessee, the crying, the crying dog. Tennessee, Smokey, from, I forget whoever it was, beat their brains in in the bowl game, and <laughs> posted to the, like, almost to the tune of Rocky Top, poor old Rocky Flop, one in five SEC, and just all these Bama fans, for some reason, come into Tennessee's defense, I don't know why, and just trash talking. One guy tried to use ESPN stats, which I'm questionable about. Just the way ESPN is. Yeah, I, I think that, I think ESPN stats are good only for box score, like like what happened in the game. But like, if you go beyond that, like mm, I don't know. The college football database is, I feel like, more yes. accurate. Yes. But and that's a great binge. database to go back like like years past. Like I I like yes. CFB stats, but it only goes back to I think 2009. So, well, he then tried to use Reddit's statistics, oh, no. and I'm thinking, why don't you just use Wikipedia? Wikipedia is more accurate than Reddit. <laughs> Reddit when Red you basically got a glorified online forum. Can, can, but, can we use fake news? I mean, like seriously, like. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. But this is it's the way Alabama fans are. You cannot argue with them, even when they were terrible during the Mike DeBose and Mike Shula days. You can't argue with them because they'll constantly throw however many national championships they can count, be it common core math or legitimate math. They still throw them in your face, and it's just... So finally, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I've done the research... Whether you choose to believe it or not, that's on you. So, so you're saying that that Notre Dame, if they were in the ACC, they would have a decent record. And and what was this again? Repeat this. I thought this was really compelling. They would be behind Alabama and Georgia. They'd be third. What, what was that? 
Uh, stick, they would stick. be they they would be third in conference wins a season. Okay. Average between a five year period since 2017, and they would be third in overall wins per season. Do you do you know now? Did you just look at the SEC and Notre Dame exclusively, or did you also expand yes. this out to teams in the back the the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or something like that? I'd be curious where like no, Oklahoma no, it, or it, Ohio it was, State would be in the last few years. It would. It was just Notre Dame and the SEC. Oh, but okay. another stat that I realized, it was that over all this talk about how great and tough the SEC is, a good half of, actually over half, almost, it's like right, because they play eight conference games a year, it's, yeah, like right at half of the sec teams don't even make it to 500 yeah i I think that's a very valid point you make because i i did an uh last year during the year of covid when notre dame you know was an acc team and they had oh by the way uh jason i see you on there thank you for staying on please stay on we will get to you uh when we finish up with coach here we're going to give him a few more minutes but jason please stay on i want to get to you nick i see you as well um if you want to hang on and and speak you know by all means hang out um but guys we will get to you so i see you we'll get to you hang on a little little longer um but anyway back to back to the other uh point i wanted to make when Notre Dame had joined the acc in 2020 and then we played our cupcake team which was south florida i looked at national champions and who they had played and on average in addition to their, you know, SEC schedule or whomever, you know, teams like Alabama, LSU, right, they had played on average three cupcake teams. And that's like FCS teams, you know, non-power five teams, right? Notre Dame plays Citadel, like Stanford. Yeah, yeah, like Bethane, Cookman, Kent State. Um, the the worst was by far, like as far as like margin of defeat. Um, it was Florida State in 2013 beat the shit out of Idaho. It was some ungodly score like 73 to 6 or something awful. It was like embarrassing to read like oh my gosh like like poor vandals. So um like it was it was really really wild to to, to listen to. Um and like granted like Look, look, it's a it's a loud per se, you know, and, and it's it kind of pads your stats and it let's face it, it, it gives your team an opportunity to rest some starters, get some younger guys some more experience, you know, and you can kind of tweak the offense, what's working, what's not working, and it's kind of a glorified practice. Now it, to me, I think that makes garbage football. I don't oh, yeah. think it's competitive at all, but let's face it, it's also like, let me put it this way. That kind of mantra, that kind of schedule that Alabama, LSU, Florida, Florida State, whatever that have had, it hasn't hurt them in the years that they're well. But I think that's also because, again, these teams are from decent conferences at that time or they're amassing wins, Right in their own mm-hmm. conference, like you pointed out in your statistics here, right? So 
now we don't have to get into whole my whole opinion of should Notre Dame join a conference or not, right? Because I don't think the current climate makes it necessary. But this talk of playoff expansion coming up in you know a couple years, um, I think I think Notre Dame fans will have to seriously consider that. Now we don't have to talk about playoffs and all that, but. Um, Coach, is there anything else uh, you want to speak to uh, here or a uh, question you want us to uh, answer? Um, it's It's been great talking to you again, uh, but I want to just kick you off. I want to give you the last uh, – any, any last thoughts you have before we get to Jason here? No, that's, that's pretty much it other than just all these teams that are fans of teams like Alabama, LSU, and even some Tennessee fans that – throw their two cents in for what it's worth. Uh, Notre Dame, with the exception of Alabama and Georgia, they're clearly better, even when you compare conference play and Notre Dame being an independent. I mean, technically, we could claim an ACC regular season title if we wanted to. Oh, there you go. That's just, I mean, something Tennessee can't even say they've been able to do for well over a decade, decade and a half. So it's just all this talk about the SEC being the best. Well, when you play a bunch of cupcakes every year, you know. I, I think I think that it, that point is is fairly uh, decent, only in the sense that it's it. You know, I'm an evidence based person. Um, you know, I work at a, at a large company, then we, we try to use data as much as possible to make decisions when we make our, our stuff that we make. Um, and I think it's the output. It's the, the end result that, you know, you know, corporate America, right? You know, what, let's get to the bottom line, you know, cut the bullshit, get to brass tacks. It's the output. And yes, you're a hundred percent right that Alabama and some of these other teams are playing garbage schedules, but the output of them is still holding up trophies is still, you know, 11, 12 wins a season, right? Those are the kind of things that amass wins. And, you know, yes, you can argue that three of those wins are, are crap and another three are probably crap. You know, that's half your wins are from easy, easy, you know, shitty, shitty games. But I would also make the argument that Notre Dame comparatively has played other shitty teams over the last few years. You know, I mean, this last year we played Toledo. You know, they weren't good. You know, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is awful right now. We beat them 55 to 0, right? Um, You know, other years, you know, we played South Florida in 2020. That wasn't too bad, right? But we played Bowling, Bowling Green and New Mexico in 2019, Right. Oh, yeah. But my, my whole argument is just based off of the you're going to prop up the SEC like it is this great bastion of college football right now when yeah. based on the evidence, it's really not. You've got like two, I think it's just three. a couple of teams. I think it's just a couple of teams. I agree with you there. Um, Georgia historically has been good and dominating the SEC East. Alabama historically is always winning in the SEC West. Uh, the only and then other you have team that's Joe Burrow effect with the LSU that that's exactly what I was gonna say. LSU is the only other team that's popped up there. You know, Florida came in there with Urban Meyer, right? But um, but LSU has popped up. You know, 
you know, back in, you know, 2019. And then before that was 2007. But every other time it was either Auburn because they had Cam Newton or Alabama. And I think it's the consistency of um, those teams that are holding the trophy up at the end of the year. You know, again, evidence-based, who's winning the national champion, right? I mean, yeah, I can only na- name three other teams in the last, you know, 15 years that have won the national championship that were not from the SEC, and that is Ohio, um, Ohio State, Florida State, and that's Clemson. it. Clemson. Uh, Clemson. I'm sorry, and Clemson. Right. Right. Um, before and before that, you know, the next next team outside of that that you know SEC dominance is Texas. Okay. You know, I can I can count on one hand the number of times a non-SEC team has won the national championship. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that, unfortunately, the, the people that are waving the SEC banner do have a point. And the point is, someone from our conference is holding, holding the championship trophy, either the crystal, crystal ball or the new big, weird, awkward, you know, gold trophy, right? Um Regardless, though, you know, we do this show because we we observe what is happening in college football. I would be a fool to ignore the SEC and and not so much the SEC as a conference, but the teams that are winning, they conveniently and coincidentally happen to be from the SEC. But that's that's the stats don't really matter where the teams come from. The stats just show, look, the team that's winning performs like this. Notre Dame is performing like that, but how do they get to the this side? And that's what we talk about. So, Coach Marcijan, thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, thank you for your patience this entire time as we uh, try to uh, do new stuff. We're gonna we're gonna go over to Jason here in a second. Coach Marcijan, thank you so much. Thank you guys at Coach Marcijan on the Twitter. Uh, a loyal listener, a loyal contributor to our live shows here on Twitter space uh, that will be on the podcast version. This is the fighting Irish faithful podcast on Twitter, on Spotify, and will be uploaded to YouTube and uh, all your smartphone places. So, all right, we're gonna, it's about, we're about a little over an hour in to the show. We're gonna, we're gonna keep on rolling. You know, I don't care if it's a school night. It's not even 11 o'clock yet. We're probably not going to the gym tomorrow. I don't think I want to get up at 4.30. But we're gonna go to a new, uh, new person here, uh, at Jaeger9. Jason Yeager, you have been invited to speak, sir. You've been patiently waiting. Uh, you've been invited to speak, sir. Uh, go ahead and hit the, pink microphone in the lower left hand corner of your screen to speak jason you have been invited to speak if you choose to speak please do so while you're trying to uh come back on we are going to talk about a funny story here so uh with all christmas shopping you always have a few returns or things you don't need anymore well, I don't do all the Amazon shopping. Of course, I reserve that for the doc. Um, and I don't know a household that 
doesn't have uh, someone's a spouse that is doing it, doing most of the shopping. Um, coincidentally, I watched a South Park episode recently where uh, there was a conspiracy about uh, the wives ordering things on Amazon and then the, uh, involved uh, improprieties with the US uh, UPS man. But anyway, we're ret- returning uh, some item. We, by we, I mean the doc, myself, and the baby. Baby Irish Faithful. I had him in the baby Bjorn and was carrying him around uh, Kohl's because Kohl's uh, accepts Amazon returns. And as we're waiting in line, there was some kind of hiccup in front of us. And, you know, I'm a patient person. I used to work as a cashier in retail. Um, my credit card... Uh, Red Snapper, I don't know if I don't know if you've even heard this story. I used to work at Sears before I work at my current role. And I my credit card goal, not even a goal. I'd say my my the most credit cards I signed someone up for in one day was eleven. But anyway, so I know all the tricks when I when you go shopping at retail. But who shops retail anymore? Everyone shops online, hence the story. So we're waiting in line to return this crap that my <laughs> that the duck bought. Um it wasn't crap, it was it's probably something that didn't fit. I don't know. Sorry, honey. She hasn't listened to the show. It's fine. But uh, we're waiting in line, and I notice. And when we got in line, there's a dude in front of us, and he's wearing Michigan shit. And this is before the playoffs. He had a hat on. He had a Michigan shirt on. And you know, I'm I'm cordial out in public, and I see this dude, and I'm just giving him the death look. I'm looking at the baby, looking at this guy, and I'm trying to mentally telepathy talk to the baby, saying. This man in front of us is bad. Stranger danger. Christopher, don't listen to him. But anyway, um, I'm standing in line and I kind of like like under my breath, uh, you know, I'm like, what's going on? You know, and I and I turn to the doc and I say, you know, maybe it's the guy from Michigan in front of us. And the person behind us, I didn't even know who it was in line, said, I agree. It's the Michigan guy. I turn it around and it's a lady and she's actually got an Ohio State hat on. To which I'm like, holy crap. And so we had this weird moment of a Ohio State fan and a Notre Dame. And I was, of course, wearing Notre Dame stuff. Um, Ohio State fan and a Notre Dame fan aligned because of our mutual hatred and detest for the team up north. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, like you could totally tell with this lady. Now, what I will say with this, which was kind of interesting, um, you know, so we had a very cordial conversation about college football. This this lady knew what she was talking about. And she was she was an older person. I'd say she was about our age. Uh, Red Snapper. You know, she was um, I'd say about my age, maybe your age. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Um, she was wearing her mask, so I couldn't really tell. But that's fine. It's no big deal. And um but yeah, she was talking a little bit about Ohio State. You know, she knew about Ryan Day. She knew about you know Marcus Freeman, and uh, we were just having this kind of college football talk. But it's funny, is you know, I was like, oh, you know, we're gonna play you in the horseshoe um, coming up, and and unfortunately, her comment was, yeah, I'm not worried about Notre Dame, which is which is kind of annoying and pisses me off a lot. But at the same time, it's like you know what, shit, <sighs> look, Ohio State won their bowl game we did not again you know and so it's like and until we go into the horseshoe and beat them 
that's how any fan who's true blue for Ohio State is going to feel. Yeah, I, and and I, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I I think I think she's got a point. You know, it's like look, as much as I disagree with her, I'm also brought back to reality. I had a I had a if anyone doesn't know Dos Leprechauns, great great supporter of the university, great great show, um, a good follow on Twitter. I actually had a conversation with Dos Leprechauns about the next couple of years. And because Brian, uh, Brian Kelly is gone and now Marcus Freeman is our new coach, we will have a the next couple of years, I think, will be really interesting. It's either going to be really good or it's going to be kind of mediocre. And I'm not going to get too oh. much into that tonight. And it's but, definitely going to create a little mini rivalry with Ohio State. Oh, yeah, because because Coach Coach Freeman, of course, was a Buckeye. He was a player there. Right. You know, and, and all that. Um, he played under Trestle. Um, he went to two bcs championship games and lost right so you know so it's going to be kind of a weird deja vu kind of situation for him um but let's face it ryan day has been a head coach for a little while now and he's had you know decent success as far as wins and and putting up a team that uh can score points and now they got a really really good defensive coordinator from oklahoma state a team that we just lost to so um, that was running his defensive system. So, um, you know, take that for what it is. But it was really funny having this interaction with this Ohio State fan in a Coles Amazon returns line where we do not. We both hated Michigan and Grant, obviously, we we're both, you know, supporters of our you know respective schools. But um that was that was a really funny exchange and and in general you know with ohio state fans i think that's pretty common i used to have a coworker who was a big buckeye guy and his reaction was identical i am not worried about notre dame notre dame uh you know they kind of dismiss him and if you look back at past bcs games against them you know the last two ones against them we've lost you know and it hasn't been close so you know uh, like we don't have to get into the whole horseshoe thing now but you know, I, I thought that was interesting. That was kind of a funny story and how, you know, just in general, you just randomly run into people and people just hate Michigan. <laughs> I don't know people who are indifferent to Michigan. They're either go blue, true people, or they're just like, fuck that team. <laughs> well, here uh, we we hear Jason here. Jason, you've been invited to speak. I see you there. Uh, we want to hear from you, sir. Jason, welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast. Thank you for your patience, sir. Hey, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. You can hear me, right? Oh, loud and clear, sir. Awesome. This is the first time I've uh, ever listened to you. Um, I just found out about you, and uh, I'm actually uh, this is this is really cool. Um, the uh, one thing. Uh, Al Golden is the one from the bra uh, the Bengals, the defensive coordinator. That's Excellent. who they're looking at for the defensive coordinator. He was uh, the head coach of Miami back in the uh, early 2010 11 area. See, um, this is what we love: audience participation for <laughs> Yeah, it helps my show prep when. And this is, and, and I'm also an Ohio guy, so. <laughs> oh, there. You, what what part of Ohio? You know, you don't have to give me your I'm zip over. code and your address here. You know, but you know that would be inappropriate. I'm but. all the way over in Youngstown, so I'm on the opposite right. corner. Excellent. Um, so if you 
if you see the picture there, that's the first time the kids got to see Notre Dame this year at the Navy game. Excellent. Um, on my profile pic, but uh. Oh, so you were no, at the Navy Al-Bol- game as well. Yes. We were all yes. there. That's we were all there. Brandon was there. Uh-huh. Jason was there. You know, did did you <laughs> did you see a uh, old person's uh, school bus in the Joy slot as well? That was our tailgate. So. <laughs> well, next year when we go, I'm gonna have to see if you guys are there then too because um this is the first time we went and so we did the whole watching the band and looking at the campus and uh i've got some amazing videos of my five-year-old now all he talks about is one kyron williams yes he loves kyron williams he's so depressed that he's still trying to figure he's like what team's he gonna play for next year so we don't know um i'm i might have a new uh pro team that i gotta cheer for a little bit for him but uh Uh, wonderful See, see this, this is what we love. loves Notre Dame football. <laughs> uh, l- look what you've done, right? I mean, I, I'm putting my my little one. I, I've got a baby. He's he's uh, gosh, he's going to be nine months in a week. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but he uh, you know, he's already being inundated. You know, I don't quite have a shamrock mobile, you know, you know, plugged in over his crib. But, you know, he he has a couple Notre Dame onesies and things of that nature. We have good friends <laughs> that bought him like it's not like a rudy jacket but it it kind of looks like you know your high school letterman's jacket kind of deal yep yeah so the baby's got a little like notre dame letterman's jacket it's it's that's awesome so so you're uh, inundating your children to to notre dame as well so so. my daughter was born in 2012 so or 2009 so yeah so i have pictures of her she was born halloween of that year so the national championship game She's decked out in my wife made homemade Notre Dame outfit. So, oh yeah, they're they're pure no, <laughs> they're they're annoyingly Notre Dame kids for sure. Oh, that that's awesome. Well, you know, th- see, this is what we love on this show. You know, in addition to scotch and spreadsheets, you know, we we are fans. We are Notre Dame fans, and ever since Red Snapper and I just started having interactions when he was here. Um, for my my son's baptism when is was the weekend that we did the uh the first show where we brought someone else onto this other than you know my voice on the podcast um so have is is this the first you're hearing us you were just following on twitter yeah uh, um, really i got an alert on twitter that said that you were on and i was like yeah you know what i'm gonna listen and then i was very interested and I just kept listening. Well, well, <laughs> and I had a couple. I had a couple Johnny Walkers with you, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoa. Okay, now now you're you're talking my language with Scotch here. Now hold we're on, talking. Hold on, I need to know color. Uh, black. Yeah, uh, black good, good All right, like. all right. I like. Well, I like that. Yeah. I have. I'm, I have okay, a blue. So where do you? I sit do have in a blue. Ranking? I do have a blue. I was gonna say, where do you <laughs> sit in the ranking of gold, green, and blue? It's it's red, black, or it's black and blue. 100%. It's always black, but blue I have for my wedding and both my kids being born. Mm. And then the divorce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the man knows his stuff. I love it. Holy shit. I, I have a confession here on this show. As much as I talk about scotch, I have never had Johnny Walker blue. If you ever have blue get it at a, any restaurant that you get you're gonna overpay for it but it's yes. worth it and get an orange slice with it okay okay i i know some 100%. scottish people including my wife who may who may be like what the f you know but um 
it's really funny i listened to an old show and i was talking about like scotch or whiskey or something it might have been makers actually technically and um i i said in the show without really thinking about this i said yes she is the reason why i drink whiskey but 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 what see and that's the thing i was just like oh shit this sounds terrible like oh oh my wife makes me drink no she like genuinely likes it my my wife yeah my so my wife my wife is 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 scottish in heritage and also has english and irish and welsh and you know she likes saying that her her ancestors were at one point shooting at each other across battle lines or something to that effect (laughs) Uh, and she's also gone on record and said that um, that uh, so so if you if, if if you've ever seen the movie Robin Hood Prince of Thieves where Kevin Costner is walking on this wall with Morgan Freeman right it's kind of the, near the beginning of the movie um, that's actually in Northern England an area called Hadrian's Wall that was built by the Romans and that location in Scotland had was literally built it was the end of the roman empire and then north of that was was scotland where the celts and the picts and all those people were well my wife's clan and i won't go into detail here but but her clan lived in that area and she's like yeah hadrian's wall was built to keep my ancestors out of rome (laughs) and she was like really proud of it and i'm like what the hell like amazing (laughs) so so she was really passionate about that and and what's really funny is you if you meet the doc she's actually this is you know very graceful woman you know she's you know i mean she she kind of rounds me out so you can kind of you know do some inference there but um yeah she she i used to you know just drink beer and like have shots of tequila and crap like that and she was like no you know you got to drink whiskey and so you know she loved maker's mark and um i was like okay and so i started getting this going and then you know so she's kind of she's literally converted me over and um so now i'm like you know scotch is amazing this is great so well jason this this is walker yeah this is great so so let's steer the podcast maybe a little back more to Notre Dame football um but this is this is great this this is what we like yeah look at us we just went on a random tangent about scott and you know look at that we have like two new people we got db and and who's this other person here hunter heisley welcome okay we got a few other people here. We start talking about alcohol and look at all these people who jump on. And right. And for the record, uh, tell your son it looks like Kyron Williams is going to be going most likely third round. His earliest draft is 49th overall, but it looks like third round to either Miami, Atlanta, or Houston, who all need running backs. That makes sense. I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really going to have a choice when he becomes an Atlanta Falcon fan. So exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're gonna have to. I'm a, if he's if he stays Notre Dame faithful, I don't care what the hell he cheers for the pros. I'm a Cleveland fan. Nobody wins in Cleveland, so um... uh, I don't know. <laughs> Give him a couple more years. You know, I think there there might be doing well, some. We've been say, we've been saying them for that for years. Hey, you um... know what? I I went to Cleveland for the first time in not not to a game, but the doc had a conference, and it's I just kind of chilled around but i went to cleveland with her and i was sh- i actually liked cleveland i thought it was a cool town uh i liked the history and just kind of just 
I thought it was great. I thought Cleveland was a cool town. So um, I was I lived surprised. In, I lived in Chicago for a little bit. I did an internship with the Cubs. I uh, oh, I, I went to, I went to school at Bowling Green. So Notre Dame. My fraternity brother's dad was an alumni. So I went to every game from O two to about O five O six. Oh my gosh! Um, so I got to see pretty much every game Brady Quinn played in. Um, and then I'm jealous when you said about. <laughs> when you said about Clausen, um, I got to see him a little bit. And the first game I took my wife to was the Purdue uh, Christ first game. Oh, and, uh, with we ended up winning. That but, was a uh, win. That was a win. It was a close game, but, but yeah. I didn't get to. If you got a second, um, my wife had one too many to drink, and we ended up in the drunk tank, or not the drunk tank, but the uh, the the uh medical area for a little Purgatory. bit well, no yes. so they gave you the option of we could send her to the drunk tank and you can go back to the game or you can leave and i was like well we'll leave oh my <laughs> so God. we went to the linebacker and watched the rest of the game after she woke up at halftime you took your drunk uh, wife sorry, to the honey, linebacker in the drunk tank so i could go watch the game <laughs> <laughs> hey you know it, it where would you have ta- we took her to i took her to the tailgate in the jo- in the uh, lot first she In, fell asleep. Important point to make: Was she your wife currently, or was she girlfriend, fiance? She was girlfriend at the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, see that. That's and she bought. And decide. she bought the tickets. And she bought the tickets. Nice. <laughs> I think that was a so, win right there. That, that's that's oh, definitely oh, that. It was still. I have a I have a story for life on her, and she still blames me for getting her drunk. But beside the point. Um, Hey, hey, yeah. guys, guys, uh, David, David, uh, David wants to join here. Uh, I, I, you know, as soon as you start talking about drunk wives, I think we're going to invite someone to speak. So, um, <laughs> hang on one second. Uh, gosh, how do I do this? Edit speaker. There you go. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the, the dashboard. Uh, DB at Dave Bizovi. B D A V E B Z O V I on Twitter. DB, you've been invited to speak. I imagine he's got something about drunk wives. Hit the hit the pink microphone button in the lower hand corner of your screen to unmute. DB, do you have a drunk wife uh, story? To, uh, uh, to... Well, it was a drunk ex-wife story. <laughs> oh <laughs> shite! Even better. Yeah. Even better. This is yeah. For the record, exactly. this is a Notre Dame football podcast, but we've clearly gone off. <laughs> I know. It's I after know eleven o'clock, talking, so we here we go. The, yeah, I'm figuring we're gonna talk about the Irish upcoming season and the recruiting. Oh, we can still stuff. do that. And but... all of a sudden, I'm I'm like uh, into a drunk uh, ex-wife story here. All so. right, go. Hey, you have the floor. The it's all the doc's fault. Well, I'm I'm, I'm the one who brought that up, talking about my wife with whiskey and and converting me over to you know oh, here I am drinking. I'm gonna tell you this this was my wedding day. My ex got so drunk after the wedding, she passed out before I got to do my my business and get things done. Uh oh. And, and we had, and keep we it at least PGR, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it PG thirteen. Please, please so. do, please do. Continue. Yes, yeah. I, I do have the power like, to cut anyone off, including myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we so, literally can pull plugs here. <laughs> so unfortunately for my wedding night, it didn't, you know, turn out like most 
do. And I'm like, really? So we had, went on vacation for our honeymoon the day after, and she was hung over on the plane. And I don't know how many times she had to go to the little lady's room there and uh, do her due diligence uh, with the alcohol that she oh, had in her goodness. system. So, yeah, I mean, it was not, not a great experience, but funny, yeah. But for me... It wasn't. It wasn't very fun because I was looking forward to you know the honeymoon or the you know the night of the the wedding and naturally, you know, and naturally. So, but yeah, that's that's basically my my story there now. So, yeah, oh, okay, on my wedding night. Very good, very good. I, I was hoping you now were were you married like at Notre Dame and and so this was in the Basilica. Uh, I wish and... I was, but um, no, I'm I'm here in. Northwest Ohio. So, yeah. Excellent. But, yeah, I've been a diehard Irish fan since 1968. Whoa. I saw my first game against Purdue, and Mr. Bob Greasy beat up the Irish that day when I was five or six years old. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I've been an Irish fan ever since. Well, well. So, so Dave, since you got on a plane in you know 1979 yeah. or or whatever it was, no, you know. 1998. <laughs> 1979, I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> Sorry, clearly you're more experienced than 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 the host here of the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Um, but no, it's great, Dave. I have to ask a question, uh, just because I'm I'm recognizing your 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 name here. Did you order a shirt from the Etsy store, a Catholics versus Cowboys shirt? Yes, I did. Does it look like garbage, or how does it look, sir? Be honest. Uh, it's not bad. I wore it the day of the game. And we lost. And, See, that yeah, was the problem. I, <laughs> and I probably should have taken it off. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I didn't wear my Catholics versus Cowboys shirt, and we lost. Uh, the Doc wore hers. We lost. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm not that superstitious, but no, it's oh, a. I, but I I appreciate I appreciate the the support of the store um and support of the of the show here um, yeah. uh Jason if you're still with us you you can still speak by all means and you know we can have kind of a grab bag at this point let's just bring everybody on at this point G with but um <laughs> no, I, I was just gonna out. say the other guys just sitting there on the outside going let me in let me let in let me in yeah <laughs> why not shit you know let's just bring everybody in. Let's have a little party. I mean, I mean, at this point, you know, we're we're totally scriptless. We're talking about, you know, DB's wife getting hung over on the on, you know, a turboprop plane. Jason's inundating his children. You know, it's fine. You know, and but hey, Notre Dame football. You know, we're we're having yeah. a good time here. Um, see the this is what I want this podcast to be. You know. Like it's very constructed, and like if you went to to someone like Jason or someone who's new to the show, the show started off very analytical, and that is still going to be the foundation of this show, where we are going to like we're all Notre Dame fans, and we want our team to be holding the trophy. We want to put another year yeah. on the yellow sign outside of the locker room, right? And yes. so I'm trying to use constructive criticism to an extent with looking at our football team that we love and we bleed for right. and we tell great stories and we get on this show and we we have fun. 
but we want our team to be winning. And so I try to point the team in that direction and say, this is how you do it because these are the other teams, the teams in the SEC or whomever they are from, this is how they're doing it. And so how can we get there? Let's use some analytics and some scotch or Johnny Walker or what, whatever DB's ex-wife was drinking to get there. Fine. You do you. Yeah, she was drinking vodka and cranberry that night. Yeah. Well, that's not so bad. Okay. Unless it was uh, well vodka. More, more vodka and a lot less uh, cranberry. I was going to say, that. through the course of the night, that shade of drink went from a red to a very slight pink. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, she, I, she was, she was one of those ladies that when she got drunk, it was the he all the all. I mean, just constantly, you know, laughing and just laughing at everything he would say and just be basically almost on the floor, literally. I mean. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, she's well, we've good, also she brought. She's a good Catholic girl too, by the way. Very good. Well, we've also got uh, the HH show who is we've brought on to speak here at Hunter Heisley here. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful uh, After Dark show where we have no rules, apparently. <laughs> well, it's, it's one thing during the season. We're talking stats. We're talking the outcome of the game, you know, game planning, decisions, play calls, all that kind of thing. We're not watching Notre Dame football right now, so this is a grab bag of who's who and what's Yeah, maybe what. we'll do this in the future where, where the show is like, like you know, we're not constructive and we're not really, you know, like, we're not prepping to play BYU in Vegas. You know, like, like we're, we're you know, we don't have to be so serious, you know. I mean, it's not Lent yet. You know, it's February. You know, anyone who has, you know, Valentine's or whatever coming up. But, you know, hey, you know, it is what it is. But, uh Look, I do have a question for you guys. Yes, sir. So, Houston Griffin, um, wanting to leave and then staying and now staying another year, um, his leadership and everything like that, do you think that's going to help Cam Hart and some of the new guys that are coming in? Or do you think it's going to be more of a hinder because of the fact that he wanted out for a little bit there and then all of a sudden he's changed his mind? You know, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I, I would go back to, you know, why the yin yang, you know, whipsaw effect with him of wanting to leave and wanting to stay. Um, if he's wanting to stay, you know, there's multiple reasons why a player would want to stay. The main one I could think if you're a football player is playing time. Um, or the opportunity, or maybe you have a, some sort of come to Jesus moment. I would like to think that it's because you love Notre Dame and you want to get your degree and things of that nature. And as someone who, you know, has a has a degree from said university, um, you know, I, I I clearly have a filter on my opinion of the university. The university kicked my ass when I was a student, and so I'm. I try to kick the university's ass when they on the show when they fall behind or are not up to the standard that I'm expecting. Back to your question about you know this this individual you know I really don't know because as fans we're on the outside looking in but 
I also want to believe that someone like Marcus Freeman, who has been there, done that, you know, was in the NFL, you know, very briefly for one year, went to three teams, has had a medical condition that he had to give that up and, and go forward with his life as a coach to just be around college football. I'd like to think that coach Freeman has something to do with that. And that's what I was thinking too, is Freeman's the reason he stayed. And then with him, what, what are his other options if job. he leaves? Right. You know, you, it's, it's a D two or a, a, a smaller D one school for sure. And does he honestly think that like, like it, if you, Clearly, he probably wants to go pro. Like, I mean, if if yep. I was a good football player, you know, hell yeah, I don't you know want to go play for, you know, San Francisco or the you know the Cowboys or the Browns or you know I don't really care who it is, you know. I mean, and Grant, I'm not. Yeah, right. I mean, if if you're if you're in the position to continue to play a sport you love, to and to be paid, you know, fairly well for it, you know, fantastic, you know. Um, you know, that, that's why, you know, the XFL and the CFL and all these, and are, even arena football, you know, exists. You know, I've, I've been... Yeah, I've, the USFL, come back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the Spokane shock in arena football personally, but, you know, that's because I lived in Spokane for a while. But um, yeah. but no, my, my, my point is, you know, if, if you're going to stay at the University of Notre Dame, a place that clearly has a name behind it, you have the opportunity to be a student athlete and to obtain your degree um you know again you know i don't as much as i agree with the the 40-year decision you know not a four-year decision kind of you know mantra um but that that is reserved you know kind of in the background when it's game time it's game on we need to be you know warriors on the football field yeah and i think that's sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead go ahead red snapper I think that's kind of where it sits is keep in mind captains are voted on every year. So he may or may not have that back. Um, but the other side of it is this is a whole different Notre Dame squad, a whole new coaching staff, you know, everything that's going to go into it. Maybe the decision was made prior to a lot of these decisions and now looking back, but I guarantee you kind of feeding into that 40 year decision versus four year decision his mom or somebody was like, yeah, that's Notre Dame. Get a degree. You know, it, so I there's multiple levels on this. But just from the outside as a recruit coming in or somebody who transfers to Notre Dame, the opinion I have is at the end of the day, he's back. He's there. So I, I would see it as water under the bridge because that was before my time joining Notre Dame. I want to know, are you going to lace it up now? And I'm going to see that every day at practice. So it's not going to be and he got his what degree he did last year. year. He, he's a grad, graduate now. Yeah. So for him to be a super senior and come back, he can focus on just football. And I think that's really what it came down to is he has the ability to really play into this. And he loves strapping it up with the Golden Dome on his head. Well, and, and, and I think I think that's a good point I you think make. He's going to be good. No, go ahead. This year. I think he's going to be good this year. I think he's going to be that. I'm not as good as Hamilton, of course, but he's going to be the guy. And I think he loves that. But I'm just worried. I just wonder if there's anybody, you know, you get these recruits. Freeman's talking about all recruits. He's he, he made his hires based off of getting recruits. He didn't make his hires off of coaching. 
You can tell that. You can look yeah. at that a hundred percent. Yeah, that I'm glad you brought that up because you know, like, like let's look at wide receiver, right? You know, clearly a yes. position that has been lacking at Notre Dame for quite a few years, and the the new stats that I was talking about earlier in the show, look. Passing touchdowns, it's now the second most important stat that I talk about on this show. Number one is still total touchdowns, but passing touchdowns, the national champion averages 8.5. We just got <laughs> Chauncey Stuckey from Baylor. Where yes. did where did where was Baylor on scoring total touchdowns this season? Grant, there, there's a lot there more to that than just 12. whatever. <laughs> well, and you would think it'd be really high. Baylor was 41st in the country in passing touchdowns at 24. What's his recruiting? What's his recruiting look like? Well, I I don't know the answer to that. Unfortunately, I'm not I'm not too much into the stats. But let's put it this way: Notre Dame threw with Jack Cohn. Something that's a little uncomfortable for some people. But yeah, I don't want to talk about Jack Cohn. Uh, you know what? You know we should have just you know let's talk about Jack Cohn. I think he's. No, let's do. Let's. Let, I, let's I we've he, talked about X Ys at this point. Let's get more uncomfortable and talk about Jack no, Cohn. Let's right? Let's not talk about Jack. Okay, Jack Cohn is like the ex wife of Notre Dame. Like, he's, he's gone. Not, he's he was there for a little bit Notre and then Dame he's gone. Anymore. He's gone. Let's talk about Brandon Joseph from Northwestern and Houston yes. Griffin playing safeties this year. I, I, I yeah, have to talk about Jack Cohn at this this point. You know, you guys have talked this up. I, I literally have a stat that talks about that talks about it's it, the stat on this spreadsheet or the, the page is called good quarterbacks. And Grant, you know, I wouldn't put Jack Cohn as quote unquote. Good. We were we were good when we gave him time to throw. But hundred percent. But in that bowl game, we got a true freshman sitting there that can run and he can throw. Now we never gave him one series to make the guys play a nine man box or a seven man box. And that's, that's 100% what I was going to ask about. I'm sorry guys. We could, we should have, we should have absolutely annihilated them when we we had the chance. Keep going. Keep going. We should have started the second half with Buckner. That first, that, that, that first touch, that last touchdown before half absolutely gave them all the momentum. But guess what? We had none in the second half. Yeah, Buck, Buckner. And we, and Bu- who Buckner. gave us sparks during the course of the season was a true freshman who only played for two years in high school. Yep. Okay. And, and he's and, and he is other than Kyron other than Kyron Williams, Tyler Buckner is the most electric person on that offense no one can deny that that he is like he's not johnny manziel because he's probably not doing cocaine but he is not (laughs) he is he is the most electric person on that team look exactly look during go look someone like jason someone who's new to the show go back to an episode go to spotify go to itunes go to wherever you get you can go to youtube it doesn't matter search fighting irish faithful i come up Go to an episode called the Spring Football Buffet. Okay, it was the first episode, quote unquote, of season two, which we're in. This is volume fifty-one. I can't believe I've done over fifty shows at this point. Um, and this is the first episode with a Yamaha mixer and a really fancy, expensive mic. We we we, but we have a, still a shitty computer. That's you not the point. Big. 
No, not so much. I'm I, I'm not John over at Always Irish, okay, or, or you know someone like that, okay. But but let's let's face it. In the spring game, I came out of that after watching that and and doing what I normally yeah. do, crunching the I numbers. Was there. I loved it. You were there at the game. Great. Yeah. What I, I mean, came it out the last twelve or thirteen years, except for the COVID year when they didn't have it. Oh well, sad. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to play like. But no, you know. your Tyler Buckner is. I agree with everything. He, he was. He was say. the best quarterback of the spring game, and I came out of the spring oh, game saying we should just start far, this guy. By far, above and beyond everybody that we had. Here the one. The one and thing again, I do. The what worries me is the fact that Reese and Freeman. not play him that worries me yes and i was like why why yeah. did he not win a series in that second half especially the third quarter i, I want to take a i want to take a quick poll here because we're talking about we're talking about passing we're talking about whatnot and and you know red snapper knows that you know this this show other than scott's spreadsheets i talk about running the football hashtag rtdb a lot do you guys yeah. know what our pass play versus run play percentage was how how what was the percentage of plays notre dame ran in the fiesta bowl that were run plays percentage of run oh, the fiesta bowl? this last game eight percent i'm i'm kind of with him i'm 10 to 15 percent max yeah, it's, a, it's a little better than that I'm not it's, even 10. It's, it's 23 23 percent 23 and and so so look the no team that has ever been successful in the long term has yeah. run the ball less than 55% of the time exactly and I to agree. go and and when in Reese's first time at offensive coordinator we run the ball 23% with as you guys just pointed out very eloquently how Buckner was you know, sitting on some pine instead yeah. or wearing a red hat with the red army. Hat. I don't know. But yeah. my, my, my problem is look, when, when, when it was evident that Oklahoma state was making a comeback and Notre Dame's third quarter was absolutely yes. why we did not put Buckner in for a change of pace. Exactly. exactly. I, go back Thank to you. a couple episodes ago. I don't remember which one it is, but there, I listen to multiple post-game shows, and I don't want to call anyone out. I'm not going to name them here because I've already done it before on a previous episode. But someone was saying it, it was it was a very popular show, and it wasn't John at Always Irish. It was someone else. They came out and said that, well, yes, we think that Buckner probably should have played, but I agree with Reese and and. The buckner in and i was like are you guys out of your fucking mind then they're out of their mind yeah well and and, and really? these guys you know I, I i don't i don't know them too well i don't follow their show i just kind of like clicked on some stuff and it was just you know having that you know end of the season withdrawal situation where you're clicking on everything and reading everything until you realize yeah, okay football's over doing the same thing. Yeah. well if, if if reese is going after that you usc transfer i can't remember his name but 
he, they, he came out and said Reese was one of the first coaches to call him after he said he was transferring from USC. And Buckner, every time you see him throw deep, he's got a freaking cannon. Yes. I don't see what the, the problem I'm throw. excited Even to see him as a quarterback, 100%. Michael Mayer. Oh, my God. I read a thing on Twitter of Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer said he can make every throw and make him and put him right where we want it. Is Tyler Buckner game, like the maverick that. of Notre Dame football where it's like he's dangerous and like you don't know if you can trust him, but you know, when I shit think gets real, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to pull the air brake and, and the, the MIG is going to fly right by you and then going to come behind you and shoot you with a missile. Like, is that what Buckner it's is? That, it's either going to be that or it's going to be the complete opposite where he, he just, he, he gets cold. Goose gets killed. And doesn't know what yeah. to do oh. with it. And that's what I'm worried about is if, he, if that's, the, that's in practice lack of they see that. For him. Lack of experience. Guys, remember, he only played two years of high school football. That was but it. He, yeah, but he DB's he got through. He, he had like 5,000 yards in his yes. junior year, didn't yeah. he? As a sophomore freshman. I mean, really? I mean, at this that? point, we might as well just call this show the Buck Wild Podcast because, I mean, don't give me and 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 if Five Foot Nothing Pod was on us, Grant and and for for everyone else, Five Foot Nothing Pod was going to be co-hosting with us, so um, he he had some family uh, situations to deal with, so uh, you know, hope everything's going all right with him. But um, he hey, is being a good dad. He is husband. being a good dad and a good husband right now. Um, um, speaking of, of newlyweds, uh, but anyway, the, um, I don't think he has a, his wife has a, has a vodka cranberry story like, like, uh, like, like Dave's wife, ex, what ex does, but anyway, uh, not to bring up painful things, but let's, can we talk about our new offensive coach coming back? How huge is that? He's Dan. Yes, yes, the best offensive line coach in football. Period. Bar you know, back. you know. I'm glad you brought that up, and and I'm I'm gonna let you guys talk for a few minutes because I got to find it here buried somewhere in the spreadsheets. But, um, he stand, I think. He's he is a very very powerful, impactful coach, and I think yeah. he was able to utilize the talent. And when I look back at the behemoths and the legends yeah, yeah. on the offensive yeah. line yeah. other other than a, the other than maybe quentin nelson who was kind of in there in the beginning of the he stand time and then and then went over you know with jeff quinn he wasn't even end. wasn't he a three-star I, I don't I don't know his yeah. recruiting. Um, I just know that he right. eats he eats people's faces off yeah. for the yeah. Colts. But yeah, Nelson Nelson's a fucking king. Oh, he <laughs> he, he's amazing, best, and he's, he's probably the best offensive lineman we'll see we'll see at Notre Dame uh, in years. But the point I'm making is yeah. people like Nelson, the the Martins, uh, Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie Stanley. You know yeah. these guys all play. the The common denominator was he Stan. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And he and coached them up. Myself, the Bears did us a favor. We needed, I mean, granted, Coach Quinn is a very good coach. Very good track record, but he's not what we have coming back. Not even close. Well, and that we end. got the guys up front that are going to have the best coach, line coach in college football or pro football. 
their disposal every single day. And he's going to get you fired up. And, and, and with the guys that we have and that we have coming in, we, we should. there's no reason why we can't have one of the best offensive lines in college football this, this fucking season. Well, well any, anything after this play. last season was is better. Anything after this past season is, is better. This last season was listen, awful. Listen to this new toy lineup that Houston gets to play with. This is the recruits for 2022. Yeah. You have... Yeah. Five star, five star, four star, three star, five star, four star. They're all six five two ninety, six six two eighty, six five two seventy, six six two sixty, six six two eighty. I'm literally these shrinking guys, in my chair as you're naming these giants. And you've got the and, best and strength coach. And these guys coach. are freshmen. Yep, best yeah. strength coach. Those are freshmen up there. Yeah, we got this the is the twenty twenty two recruiting class that I just listed. The five guys. Oh man, I'm 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 excited for Logan Diggs, Tyree, and I'm gonna tell you guys right now. Dukes of Hazard Hood Estime, slides. Estime is gonna be the best back that we have this coming season. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Oh, I love Estime. Jerome Bettis right 2.0. This kid yes. is an absolute yes. monster and a beast. He, with the line we got coming, this kid is gonna be special. Hashtag I'm RTDB. Special. Jason, since Jason is new to the show, Jason, you know, you've got a lot to catch up. We've had, there's a lot of fun stuff that's out there on on the show. So I, I, you know, and you're in the off season here, you know, when you're driving to work or work from home or you're doing yard work and, you know, you're tending to your tulips or whatever you do in your, your spare time, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe you do woodworking, woodworking, um, you know, whatever you do. Um, heck if you, if you do crochet, you know, no problem. Um, Hey, more power to you. No, no, no. I, I actually knew a, uh, I, I know, I won't name who it is, but I knew a, a player who was very famous in college football, went to my high school, and he knows how to crochet. Wow. I know, that's it's kind of weird. The, the point I wanted to make about he stand here, um, I did an analysis because our, our offensive line was so terrible this season at the beginning, and they got better eventually. Yeah. I wanted to look at our offensive linemen coaching under Kelly, and I went back since 2010 all the way to Quinn in the present. And the first two years yeah. was Ed Warner. Then we had he stand yeah. for multiple years. He stand yeah. was there for six years, and then we had Quinn for the last four. Now, what's yeah. interesting here is, and, and then I went and did put a graph on this, but then if you just take the average, and, and I was looking specifically at tackles for loss and sacks because that's what was happening to Cone, and I don't think it helps that Cone has, you know, lead feet. Um, but regardless, yeah. regardless. Bill um, Rivers had more mobility. True story. <laughs> Tommy Reese, Coach Reese had more more mobility. You know, at least Reese knew to like just chuck it out of bounds. You know, like back foot and everything. You know, (laughs) just just get rid of it. You know, don't take a sack, right? Yeah, I mean, then that's one thing I appreciate about uh, Tommy Reese, especially if you look at 2013. You know, we were actually one of the best at uh, tackles for loss. You know, in in that season, in 2013. Do you guys know that Notre Dame was ranked second in tackles for lost against? 
It was absolutely fan- or it sacks against second in sacks against and eleventh in in sacks in tackles for lost. And that's Bro, not because of the offensive line. What year that's, was that? That was in 2013. Oh, the year after we got spanked all over the place yeah. by Alabama. And and yeah, and <laughs> Reese Reese was the quarterback because yes, uh, Everett Golson had to you know yeah. you know curtsy yep. and and go you know sit work. out a little bit. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. And but Reese that year stands out tremendously in how. Um, that's how that's that's how our team was. But what I did is I took averages and I I named this on an earlier podcast this season where I looked at Ed Warner, Harry Heaston and Jeff Quinn and said, on average, how did each coach do? And Quinn was the worst and Heaston was not the best. Ed Warner, granted, it was only two seasons, but he mathematically was better than Heaston. Which I thought was really interesting, and there was what, a huge what years jump. Was he there? So he stand was there. He started in 2012. Yeah, and all the way to uh, 2018. No, and then that's not that's not know, correct. The... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not correct. He stand was in the NFL for the Bears the last four years. Yes. Yeah. He stands last year was 2017. Or 17 or 18 for, yes, for 17. Uh, yeah, okay. But what's interesting is the first two years of He Stan are really good, okay? And then in 2014, there's a huge spike, and maybe that's the Everett Golson effect, right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but then but then after 2014, 2015, 16, and 17, it, it it's it's very consistent where Notre Dame's, you know, tackles for loss is very consistent. We're but the lowest it ever was was 41st in the country. The highest it ever was was 81. Sacks against our quarterback, okay? The lowest it ever was was 59. The highest it ever was was 85. Okay? You compare that to Ed Warner, grants only two seasons. Tackles for loss on average was 30th. Average sacks against 31st. Versus he stands. What, what two years was he with us? Ed Warner, Kelly's first two years, and he was with Notre Dame before that under Weiss. Uh, I didn't look at the Weiss years just because you know yeah. why do that, right? That's like watching Alabama, right? But still, I mean, I mean, this guy. I'm surprised that where did Warner go? Did he decide to go? Was he an NFL guy and decided to go back? Honestly, I don't know where Warner ended up afterwards, but that's um, what I'd like to know. I mean, if the guy was, has got that kind of record and I don't, the name doesn't sound familiar. I mean, it was so uh, long ago at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to think what you're talking about a lie. Now let's talk about just, Put this in and back your guys' stats real quick. The years that we have been to the national championship and to the playoffs, we've had a quarterback that's been mobile and been able to throw. Mm-hmm. Everett Golston in 2012, and then Tommy or uh, Ian Book. Brandon Winbush was in there with him. Very mobile, both of them. As mobile as mobile could be. 
Now, we got a kid that's just like them that needs a little more experience and everything and could be just as good as those guys. Someone playing front thunderstruck here? What's going on? I think that was someone's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> someone's getting a phone call. All right, nice. It's probably that was probably Dave here is getting a, uh, a thunderstruck here. But no, I I think I think you know the offensive line is is I think everyone can agree. Everyone is very happy that he stand is returning. Everyone can agree that um there's there I don't want to say security blanket or anything of that nature, but you know because that that just seems to meaning but having him back i think is going to bring some some solace to the team you know when you have someone like he stan someone like reese um you know shoot even coach bayless who's been there for many years ever since 2017 you know bayless is one of my favorite assistant coaches now on the team now 100%. I mean, I mean the the performance of our of our athletes, of our players has been, you know, just shooting through the roof here. And it's it's quite remarkable what he has been able to do and what he has been able to accomplish. Well, gentlemen, um it we're 2 hours in. We're really close. Um we're going to need to take some votes and uh, it'll probably be a subjective, but I'm open to suggestion of what um people want to do you know we just heard a little bit of thunderstruck here from uh from dave here yeah, that was that was me i'm sorry i had a guy call me from work so i apologize what are you doing working at 11 o'clock at, at night oh, have okay. some work home life balance gee whiz what the... just to give you another uh, little tidbit for the Ohio what are you a State? doctor shit you know Warner, <laughs> yeah Warner left Notre Dame to go to Ohio State for three oh, and years. A ship. And won a ship. Okay. Yeah. And well, then now he's at Florida Atlantic, so who knows? Now he's currently at Florida Atlantic. Yep. Really? Prior to yeah. that, he was at Michigan. Red oh, Seattle, I, love, I love the research. Was he, at Ohio State? he was there long enough to win a national title. I know that. Oh, yep. Son of a wow. bitch. So he was, he was good then. I mean, we had two good line coaches in the last twenty years. Then, yes, sir. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, look at their running. Know. Their running in two thousand fourteen was crazy. Oh gosh, it was ridiculous. That's what I mean. And we got backs to hand the ball off that can run, and we got a guy that can is probably one of the faster kids in college football in the backfield for us. It's all he needs I can't wait to see Diggs. I, I love that we're ending this show on a, on talking about running game. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I love it. I'm Shake down the thunder this. from the sky. We're thunderstruck. And you know what? After after the the Wisconsin game this year, you know where you know Wisconsin does jump around by House of Pain, right? And then it was so satisfying to watch Tyree, and then our defense kicked the shit out of them in Soldier Field. Yes, but but yeah. everyone started like like jump around, and House of Pain got what got way more, um, I guess plays probably you could say on Spotify or YouTube or whatever after that game and after Notre Dame won. Um, and we, we, I, I did a quick fake out on the post game show of that. So Jason, you, Jason, you got a lot to catch up on. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, I'm, I'm going to keep you busy. Don't, don't, don't read into that for, for the last, last, for the, the next month here with, you know, you got 50 episodes to catch up on, but we, uh, we start the talk of fourth quarter going into the fourth quarter songs came up and you know, the 1812 overture. Okay. You know, but it's been um, that way for how long? Well, you know, ever since, you know, Tchaikovsky, you know, probably, yeah. you know, published it, you know, composed it but, but much. Po- point i'm making is I say is thunderstruck i say yeah point I, I think the yeah. the agreement was that i suggested thunderstruck as well as as a uh viable candidate for a uh, get up and go pump you up kind of song that i think could be yeah. um that is timeless um and has yeah. the the right level of energy and also to some weird way can talk about Notre Dame because Notre Dame is sh- in the fight song, shake down the thunder from yes, the sky. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Thunderstruck. Exactly. So I think we're going to close out to thunderstruck here. Um, for intro songs, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find something. Uh, we'll probably do some, some old timey kind of stuff. Um, you know, some old timey, you know, Notre Dame fight song stuff, but Gentlemen, it's it's you know it's late. It's a school night for me. You know, not all of us. Uh, you know, some of us got to get up early and go to work. Uh, you know, DB is on call clearly because he's a doctor and he's getting phone calls at eleven fifty at night. You know, hopefully someone in the ER didn't come in with a you know whatever trauma. Gentlemen, uh, any other last words? It's been a great show. So we will do. Look, I don't do a year-round show um i'll i'll leave that for someone like john at always irish um i try to stay focused on the season and i i got other shit to do i got a i got a baby i got a i got work i got housework i got i got other oh, stuff to overrated. do but but at the same time <laughs> hey hey keep it down there. i i have power i have power to mute you but the um i will say this um I want. I don't want to lose the energy during the show and just have this be routine. I want to bring a high energy, and I can't do that in the off season. So I know my limits. I know my filters, and I know uh, when and when not to do a show. That being said, um, you know we wanted to selfishly try some podcast gear. I love the Twitter space, gentlemen. Please stay tuned. Um, there is plans in the work for taking this to a different level from a live call-in standpoint, and that's all I'll say. Um, I know Red Snapper knows what I'm talking about, um, but uh, it, it is something to that effect, and um, it's outside of Twitter, and it's to expand the audience more beyond just people on Twitter, because let's face it, not everyone who listens to this podcast is on Twitter. Grant, that's kind of our main you know, SEO marketing kind of standpoint. That's kind of where we're going. Anyway, I'm getting rambly. Uh, gentlemen, uh, last minutes, uh, we'll go just kind of go around the horn, not quite a, a you know ESPN kind of thing because they're full of bullshit and we've already questioned their stats uh-huh. on this show. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna start with Coach Parsegian because he's a loyal participant. Last thoughts, Coach. I love Thunderstruck, but just be advised, <laughs> Alabama uses that for their walkout. Uh, fuck yep. Them. yep i've heard that as well that's why we'll do it in the fourth quarter but that's what we're going out to tonight thank you coach jason 
Last thoughts. Um, I just want to know when you're on again because love it. This is awesome. Yeah, stay stay to Twitter. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be on here. Um, you know, I you follow me. I I think I I just I'm gonna throw a follow here at you here right now. Thank you, sir. I threw a follow at you. Nice on it. Um, Jason, thank you. You got you got a lot to catch up. If if you want some good concepts of what this show's about, the earlier shows are not as inter- clearly not as interactive as this one. I don't think we Red oh, Snapper. Yeah. When did we do our first live show? It might have been the Catholics versus Convicts Part Two, Three. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Part Two. Yeah, we we had some pretty I'll good good shows. This is I'll probably the YouTube most grab baggy whatever show. It's clearly the longest show we've ever done. Um, but. <laughs> you know th- there's all sorts of stuff i appreciate it man yeah if you want some fun stuff um we did a go to episode five go to youtube type fighting irish faithful yep. in there and uh episode five is dissecting brian kelly's last 10 years that is it literally a show i Ooh. i spent 10 years not 10 years two years of data mining just over slowly over time piling data and stats and it finally com- uh, you know came together at the beginning of the 2020 season and Dude, you, you you got too much time on your hands on that one well i didn't have a kid i did not have a kid at that point so um uh, true story yeah I got you. so 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 that's a good show um the pre-game clemson show a lot of these earlier shows are very stat heavy they're not as shoot from the hip and kind of improv like this stat stuff heavy so 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 if you like stat heavy you'll love the old shows um and then um the post clemson game was a really fun show um yeah w- w- there's a bunch in there you know that are really good so um you know check it out we try to throw some music and stuff in there um so that's good jason thank you very much for your contribution you. to the show no, I appreciate it. And when season starts next year, when we go to the game, I'm definitely going to DM you and make sure you're there and hook up with you. Sometime. Yeah, well, 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 I'm sure it'll be announcing here on the podcast. So at J Jaeger nine on the Twitter. Thank you, sir. Go Irish. Thank you. Go Irish. All right. Uh, and uh, we're going to go back to Dave here. Dave, last thoughts here as we close it out hey, tonight. I think, I think we should all get together and, and go to the spring game. Hey, now we're talking. Meet up, meet up at the spring game. I would absolutely love that. You know, I don't, I don't have that in uh, penciled in here. Um, I know the spring game is affordable. Um, that's not too yeah. bad of a drive here. So, you know, I have to talk to the doc. You know, and my better half here on on what 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 we got going on. But I love it. Dave, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's been a fun night, um, and we're going to shut this down. So thank you, sir, and go Irish. Yeah, go Irish. Nice to see you guys. All right, good night. Red Snapper, I'm going to give you the last bit here. Uh, thank you so much, bro. Last thoughts no, uh, going in. It's, it's, it's been a good show. to uh, have a, a good social dialogue and... The question, I'll leave you the thoughts of this, is still keep the regular Fighting Irish Faithful show. Stat heavy, spreadsheet scotch, but maybe something to be said about Fighting Irish Faithful after dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might have two shows. So this, if you flip the coin one way, you'll you'll hear this. If you flip the coin the other way, you know, um, 
is something else, you know, where we talk Jason about ex. Jason and I are talking about how our ex-wives got drunk. Gee, and out holy, on the, the yeah, yeah. I don't know where where this sh- this show has gone in a completely <laughs> different direction than I ever really thought, you know. So, um, we're we're over two hours in, by far the longest show ever. Um, gosh, I don't even know if this is gonna upload to Anchor to get out to Spotify and whatnot, but. Um, everyone, thank you. Everyone from Brandon who joined us at the beginning, Coach Parsegian, Dave, uh, Jason, a new per, a new follower, faithful. You know, look, this show is called Fighting Irish Faithful because, I mean, I thought it was a catchy name, but you know, these are people who are calling, calling, calling in, <laughs> people who are participating in this show, who are diehard Notre Dame fans. They are faithful to the up years, the down years. These are not fair weather fans. These are super fans. These are super fans, people who love this university, love this football program, and that is what this show is about. We also tried to bring some stats, data, and we're also not afraid to tell the coaching staff that they're full of shit when they don't play Tyler Buckner, right? That is what this show is about. So we love all fans. We love this interaction. We want to keep this momentum going. Um, we're having a lot of fun here. Um, we would love to keep going, but some of us got to go to work tomorrow. I, I think all of us have to go to work tomorrow. The benefit of being on the West Coast, it's only 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say many negative things to you, brother, but <laughs> I'm not going to. All right, everyone. So, uh, Red Snapper, any final thoughts? That's it. Great show, everyone. Great to meet you guys, and looking forward to hearing from you later on. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast. This is at Faithful underscore Irish. We enjoyed having this show with everyone. Totally grab bag, totally not scripted. Very, very little notes are on my paper here. But we kind of like it that way. We love hearing from everyone. Um, We will bring – it's really hard to bring a lot of statistics in the offseason, right? when it's mid-season and we're looking at our run percentage and that kind of shit, you know, with our opponent, you know, it's a little easier. But this kind of time of the year, it's a little harder to do. But we thank everyone for participating. We thank everyone for joining us. Uh, We're going to send it off. Good night. We're finishing right at the stroke of midnight. And go Irish! And we'll see you at least one more time. We're going to have one more show with Five Foot Nothing Pod at his discretion. He really wanted to join us tonight. But again, like I said, he had some other stuff going on. We're going to do some sort of co-host show here on Twitter Space again. And uh, we'll probably bring some of you other guys back on here. So stay to your Twitter. Um, It most likely will be next week, um, but no guarantees. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Go Irish, and we'll see you one more time this year before the spring. Thank you, and good night.